Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. My name is Steve. I am your host. Joining me, as always, is the incomparable Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you doing this week? Pretty warm. It's like 95 degrees. It's really hot. And our <laughs> AC unit is so loud, so we have to turn it off to do these podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm also just a touch hungover from a virtual bachelor party last night. So Just COVID things. Just COVID things. Staying inside and not going anywhere. Remember to do that still. Okay, we're going to talk about a movie today. <laughs> Speaking of the weather and how hot it is. Good segue. Thanks, I missed it 20 seconds ago when you set me up perfectly and then I just didn't respond to it. It's fine. The movie, Better late than ever. Yes. The movie is The Weatherman, of course, from 2005. It's really, I can sum it up just as a movie about a down-on-his-luck weatherman, and we actually quite liked this movie. I really liked this movie. This was really solid, so it reminded me a lot of adaptation in yeah. a way. I could see that. Yeah. So we're going to go through the movie shortly, uh, but before we do, Hannah will relay some facts and figures and stories about Nicolas Cage. So what do you got for us, huh? We'll do. Well, first, you know, we may have liked this movie, but the critics didn't. Which is weird, but okay, so why? I don't know, but oh. it, it has a 6.5 out of 10 and a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's too low, I think. Yeah, I, I don't think it deserves that. No, He's been in much worse movies that have been ranked or rated much higher. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It didn't do great financially either. Oh, really? Um, So the budget was $22 million. Okay. And it only made $19 million at the box office. That's really surprising. I don't remember this movie. No, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I don't think they advertised it well. And it was a year after National Treasure. So this was, Mm -hmm. you know, Nick Cage is... Yeah. A big star i mean he's been a big star for like a decade or so i feel like whenever somebody is talking about nicholas cage and then you say the weatherman people go oh do you mean the wicker man and Mm. i feel like those are very different movies (laughs) i've seen the wicker man probably only once but i think i saw it in theaters and it's a bad movie so i'm excited to talk about that one in just a few short weeks me too but for now, let's talk about this one. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. The Weatherman. The Weatherman. So quite a quite a few things going on in Nick's life. Um, mm. I will if usually if I don't find too much on the movie itself, I'll I'll supplement it with things that are going on in 2005 in his life. There's plenty going on, but I'll mm. I'll start with the movie stuff. Get that out of the way. So Paramount. Pictures wanted this movie shot in Canada to save some money. Okay. But Nick convinced the director, Gore Verbinski, Mm. to have the movie filmed in Chicago because the Mm. movie takes place in Chicago. Right. Uh, Director agreed, convinced the studio to have it filmed in Chicago, and that raised the budget a lot. Oh. For authenticity. It was Nick's idea. It was Nick's idea. Interesting. Okay. And the director's, but... So Gore Verbinski, we looked it up, and I don't recall off the top of my head. I Pirates know of the Caribbean. He's known for directing a lot of the Pirates movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so he probably knows Jerry Bruckheimer then. Oh, yeah. Who has worked a lot with Nicolas Cage. It's, it's really... So it's just Hollywood. Oh, it's Hollywood, man. <laughs> it's all um, about who you know. The movie was shot in February in Chicago, mm. which... Have you ever been to Chicago in February? No, I went once in the summer. How would you expect the weather to be? Terrible. Yeah. So I think they also expected that. And then it was unseasonably warm. Of course it was. <laughs> so they had to, there was a lot of snow in the movie and ice yeah. and they had to like make it. Oh, really? Yeah. They had to like rent the machines and yeah, stuff. So That's I'm funny. Sure That's that cool. That also upped the budget. I, I bet. Yeah. Those <laughs> things aren't cheap. So it probably turned like a $15 million movie, most of which is paying Nick Cage and Michael Caine out. Yes. He's he's also in this movie and turned it into a $22 million movie. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And then on top of that, they didn't do great advertising well, or anything like that. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much all I could find on this movie. Okay. I could see this movie being difficult to advertise. Like, how do you advertise it? It's a dark comedy. 
I don't know if we mentioned that Probably yet. Probably the same way you advertise adaptation. Like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. they've, I mean, adaptation wasn't funny. No. But yeah, they have similar it was, vibes. It was funny at, at times, but yeah, you're right. Or maybe vibes. the family man, like the same way to mm-hmm. advertise that. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They just didn't do a very good job of it. Apparently not. <laughs> we weren't really paying attention in 2005 to how the weatherman was being advertised. No, that's tried <laughs> Much bigger fish to fry. <laughs> Graduating <laughs> eighth grade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> in 2001, Nick no. Cage hired a man named Samuel Levine as his money manager. Oh, God. Remember that name? Because in the next couple years, it's going to come up quite a few times. Yep. But starting in 2005, Sam started to become a bit concerned with all of the reckless purchases that Nicolas Cage was making and implored him to stop buying real estate, reduce his real estate holdings. Mm. Um, He warned him multiple times that he was living beyond his means. At this point in his life, do you know off the top of your head or have it written down how many homes Nicolas Cage owns? Uh, yes, I do. Oh, perfect. <laughs> At this time, he has two castles. Oh, God. 15 palatial houses. 15? That, yeah. It may have been amassed, like, over the next couple of years as well. Okay. But, but still. Around this time frame. He's had 17 homes. Multiple yachts, a squad of Rolls Royces. Multiple yachts and Rolls Royces? Mm-hmm. He can't be getting paid that much. In 2007, I think, he was worth $150 million. That still doesn't seem like that much. Well, he was living beyond his means. That's true. Okay, And yes. his financial advisor was very concerned with this even though he was also getting paid quite a bit of money by Nicolas Cage to advise him on his finances yeah so I'm not going to spoil what happens okay I think we all know that shit goes south for Nick Mm -hmm. and um I there's uh two sides to this story whose fault it was oh okay so when does that come crashing down 2007 okay uh, let's see. In 2005 was Hurricane Katrina. And as you know, Nick Cage loves New Orleans. He has like a mausoleum uh, yeah. for himself there. Yes. Um, so he actually donated a million dollars to Hurricane Katrina Relief. Very wow. philanthropic. Yeah, absolutely. But probably sh- should advise financially. Because, well, or I mean, yeah, like donate a million dollars, but don't buy 15 palaces. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a, it's a great move to be like, I'm going to donate a million dollars. That's whatever percentage of his net worth is. It's pretty high. But yeah, he doesn't have that kind of money. He's a, a successful actor. I almost said good actor. I don't know if you heard that, but I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> we thought he was good in this movie. We did. Yeah. Okay. Last interesting tidbit to Ooh. share before Ooh. we get into the bulk of this movie. Yeah. Nicolas Cage owned two albino king cobras at some point in his life. And that point is this point in his life. Oh my God. This is when he purchased albino king cobras? Yes. Okay. He uh, reportedly had anti-venom on hand just in case. And... Of course. Some unreliable sources, (laughs) which I hope are reliable. Okay. Okay. Say that he had these snakes for sex things. Ah, uh, I have no words. No. So he goes on Letterman and he starts talking about his his cobras. So he says, I, I have this was I'm not reading the um, thing from Letterman. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be reading like a different article that he he's spoken about these cobras multiple yeah. times. But like he goes on Letterman. So he said he had these cobras. They were not happy. <laughs> <laughs> they would okay. try to hypnotize me by showing me their backs and then they would lunge at me. I told the story on Letterman. The neighborhood was not pleased that I had cobras. So I had rehomed them to a zoo. Jesus. And he... In the 80s, when he had that octopus, he probably still has it because don't they live forever? I think Am so. I, dumb? I know they're exceptionally smart and turtles live a long time. So I'm getting my Finding Nemo characters yeah, mixed up. Say, <laughs> <laughs> he, he might still have the octopus, but that cost $150 million or $1,000, not yeah. million. 
Jesus. So I don't, I couldn't find a number on how much these cobras were, but he had two. I wonder if he's completely abandoned his notion of he only eats animals. No, no. (laughs) Still. He only eats animals. That mate in a dignified fashion. Right. Meanwhile, he uses. Uh, For sex things, yes. Cobras for sex things. Uh, unreliable source but i'm gonna believe it you i'm know gonna what? believe it as we well. have like 20 listeners also with... <laughs> like there's no reason for me not to believe it right <laughs> that's what we're gonna believe when people talk to us at parties whenever parties happen again man can't wait i know right we're gonna Although i don't miss like clubs and stuff uh, no no i i haven't missed a club even before covid at the beginning of this i was like oh man like i'm looking forward to get back and like the bar scene with the, my friends. And now here we are. I'm like, um, fuck that. Like, I don't, <laughs> we're good. Yeah. The only reason I ever willingly went to a club in my entire life was to find women. And I found one. So I'm, I'm done. <laughs> we didn't meet at a club, but we didn't. Okay. So I was like, done. See, exactly. You proved my point for me. Like, I don't have to go to clubs. Man. Um, Where were we? I don't know how that came up. <laughs> Parties. Oh, so we're at parties. That's what we're going to say about Nicolas Cage. Oh, that he does sex things with his twin twin albino cobras? People always ask us, have you done National Treasure yet? Yes. Yeah, we can say we have. And we can also say that we've made a um, recreation of the trailer. If you haven't watched that, it's on our Instagram at I Know Why the Nick Cage Bird Sings. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. I might repost that again one day just because we worked so hard on it. We spent hours (laughs) on that. Like a full day non-stop sunrise to sunset but they always ask us have you done uh, national treasure and we sit and now we can say yes but they mm-hmm. also they also always ask us what have you learned about him so much and now we can add that to the list of the crazy things such wild things yeah so yeah i'm excited for the next few years of his life because he's amassed quite a few properties I think a dinosaur skull is purchased in a few years. <laughs> yeah, that comes up soon. Many other many other oddities. Yeah. And some drama as well. Which I'm surprised that he was with Alice Kim. What's mm-hmm. He's still with her. Yeah, and she stays with him through most of this. Because like... he doesn't care at this point. <laughs> <laughs> He's worth $150 million. Right. Including his homes. But... Remember what uh, happens in yeah, yeah, yeah. the mid, like, 2007, yeah. 2009 with, yeah. the, with the housing market. Oh, yeah. right. It blew up. Oh, yes. <laughs> and above the mic. <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to hear that or not. <clears throat> Interesting. Yes. Okay. Quite. What was his name? Sam Levine? Uh, yeah, either Levin or Levine. Okay. All right. Keep that name in mind. Well... We'll discuss him over um, the yeah, next few weeks. I'll remind you. Please do. All right. Any other stories to add before no, we jump into the movie? Get going. All right. So this movie, uh, as I say with many movies, this movie moves really quickly. There are very quick scenes, and right off the first scene, something we realize is that this movie is also utilizing voiceover. <laughs> First of all, Hannah's drinking water out of a very loud water bottle. <laughs> While I'm speaking, and then also scrolling on her, or scrolling on her computer, and just finds the youngest picture of Nicolas Cage I've seen. It says Cage, born Nicholas Coppola, seen here as a high school freshman. Oh my god! There's acne. Well, that explains why his face looks the way it does. All right, we'll close that so you're not distracted. By <laughs> that's okay. It. Uh, <laughs> that's what people listen for. But let me unscrew my water bottle so I don't listen to that thing. <laughs> I'm saving the environment. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> well, like I was saying, so they use voiceover again. Nick Cage is talking over the scenes, and we off the bat were like, uh, you know, again, don't don't tell us, show us. But I think voiceover is used a lot better in this movie than it was last. Very week. successfully. What did we even watch? Like Lord, Lord of, of War. War. Lord of War. They used voiceover to tell us what was happening on the screen. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is more like his inner monologue, yeah. which I think is work. It Very works cool. works really well. Yeah. So he's similar to adaptation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. I don't know if there was voiceover. There was a yeah, voiceover. Yeah. Inner monologue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was like kind the main of the point part of, of the movie. <laughs> that's the point of the movie. 
Jesus, Steve. God, I'm hungover. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like this every like five episodes you're hungover. I'm, hung, I'm hungover for something. This is a bachelor party or just I don't know. I had a bunch of beers watching a Nicolas Cage movie. So uh, my notes for this movie, by the way, are also just bonkers. I wrote down things like drunk SpongeBob and humping a german chick and just like there's a lot of really weird notes that we'll try to there's weird imagery yeah absolutely so one of those weird imageries is right off the bat is he's we know he's a weatherman so he's like doing the weather he's like pointing to a green screen to himself like in his apartment he's just like just practicing practicing and we later find out that he's practicing because he's got a feeler he's got a call he's got like a callback essentially for hello america or good morning america whatever is hello it was america? called hello america but it's not real so you have to okay. just as in this universe you have to assume it's like the today show right yeah exactly so he could be the weatherman on the national networks so that's that's in new york in new york yeah and he lives and he's in, chicago. in chicago yes as yeah we mentioned. i'm gonna meet you a lot yeah, today it's okay. <laughs> i'm here for you yeah so another pretty cool piece of imagery that i didn't really pick up on until about halfway through the movie is that you oftentimes will see nick cage's character standing in line and he's usually like two or three people back in line and so that's the next scene is that he's at the dmv and he meets a fan who's like hey aren't you that weatherman what's the weather gonna be like and he 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 doesn't shout at the guy but there's some loud talking here but again I, i only bring it up because there are a few moments where where there's that imagery of him waiting in line and always coming in second for example mm-hmm. So let's see. He, well, so let's mm-hmm. talk about the interaction because things like that keep happening where people will come up to him. Yeah. And I was he, going to expand on that later, oh. but yeah, we can talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's a pseudo celebrity, local celebrity. Like Glenn Hurricane Schwartz. Exactly. <laughs> in Philadelphia. So, you know, local weatherman people at that time, I guess 2005, were more likely to watch the the weather on the news than, I guess, yeah. like, look it up on your Everybody phone. Everybody just gets it on your phone now. So, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> or on, like, AOL, I guess, at that point. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, you know, people recognize him. They see him on the street. They want to come up and get his autograph, say hi. Now Nowadays, it would be, can I have a selfie? But, you know, that also wasn't that a is, thing back then. That is also true. Um. And he just is very resistant to it, kind of just wants to be left alone, take, I guess, his, yeah, some type of work-life balance in a I way. Guess. Yeah. So, I mean, we also... So he's not nice to... Right. To fans to in fans. general. I, he'll, if people come up and calmly ask him, hey, what's the weather going to be like? He'll say, like, oh, it's cold tomorrow. And then that's it. But if people really pester him. He'll be like, oh, come on, man. You, you should know this. You're the weatherman. He's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, like, <laughs> he gets pretty mad. like, I'm not a meteorologist. Yeah, exactly. So there's a great montage of people kind of yelling at him and stuff like that. And then he yells back in a big fashion towards the end of the movie. So we'll highlight that. I, I was thinking also, there's one scene with a ton of great screams. Maybe we'll play it in real time if we can oh, find yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Which one? It's one of those where somebody comes up and asks him about the weather. Oh, okay. He just freaks out just on the street. Gotcha. So we, he also, at this point, early in the movie, he has to, for some reason, go pick up his daughter. So we can talk about his family. He's got an ex-wife, uh, a daughter. Very recent. Yes. I don't even think they're divorced yet. I think they're just separated. Oh, yeah? I didn't quite pick up on that, but that could be the case. I'm not really mm-hmm. true, I'm sure. But so he's got a young daughter, 12? 12-ish, and mm-hmm. a teenage son. 15 16 yeah, sure so the daughter's thing is that she's overweight and she doesn't <laughs> like to girl. and she doesn't like to do anything and so nick cage the whole movie is trying to find a way to connect with his daughter so she just doesn't have any interests right so one of the things that she said she was interested in early was archery so he found this place that's like 45 minutes outside of chicago to take her to an archery place and then she just never went back so archery comes up later but again it's it's the daughter who doesn't really care about him and doesn't care about anything so he's feeling like he's losing in the relationship to his daughter he's uh feeling like he's always waiting in line always coming in second and archery is again like if you miss the target you know you're missing the target it's all it all it all works really well i think right steve yeah earlier today i've participated in a virtual book club whoa and had similar discourse (laughs) discourse really proud of you thank you yeah this feels like a you know 11th grade ap english class i'll take 11th grade 
I expected less than 11th grade, but I think 11th is pretty good. Similar like theme theme work going on. I'll take it. (laughs) So uh, we can also talk about the son because soon after he picks up and drops off the daughter. uh, And I wrote Arby's and I don't don't even know why, but (laughs) I guess he was in Arby's and in line. But yeah, somebody. Oh may yeah, have, yeah, yeah. No, he he's with the. He picks up the his dad, Michael Caine, mm. to go to a. To the doctor's, like a doctor's appointment. Yeah. And all right, let's d- talk about Michael Caine okay. first. Okay. So Michael Caine, first of all, has the most Cockney accent of any actor in the entire and world. And it's so ambiguous in this movie that <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was trying to do an American accent or just trying to play down his English accent. I think we determined by the end of the movie that he was just trying to play down his English accent. Like he was know. still British because he says something later in the movie. He's like, ah, you Americans or ah, the American dream or something like that. So I don't I've think... said he- that before. Yeah, but you're also from foggy London town. <laughs> you're, you're I'm not. not. No. <laughs> but anyway, he's British. He's got to be British. You can't know, cast Michael Caine and be just... like, hey, can you do an American accent? Because he can't. I think he was trying. <laughs> I th- He might have been trying, but like it didn't. It was really bad. I don't think it made the movie worse. No, no, it wasn't distracted. Well, I was distracted, distracted by, by it. <laughs> but I'm always distracted by accents. So yeah, that, that might just be a me thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Michael Caine's whole character is that he won like the Pulitzer Prize. He's this pro- uh, when Pulitzer- he was young when he was when he was in his 20s or 30s mm-hmm. for writing like the world's greatest novel. He was called like a national treasure uh-huh, oh, by, uh, by uh, the industry, one of the presidents. <laughs> but so again, Nicolas Cage is living in the shadow of his father. He doesn't feel good enough for anybody or even for himself. It was Jimmy Carter, by the way. Carter. Sure. <laughs> wow. Good memory. So uh, Michael Caine is going in and out of doctor's offices there's a great scene later in the movie where <laughs> Nick Cage gets hit by a Wendy's Frosty and his father's on the street and sees him and he's like, hey, what's up? What's that? It's a Frosty. What's a Frosty? It's a chocolate drink from Wendy's. Oh, you got hit with that? Yeah, it happens sometimes. I have lymphoma. <laughs> like it was, it was like how that scene went and that's kind of the comedy in this movie is mm-hmm. that, again, dark comedy as we mentioned. But also physical comedy because Nick Cage keeps getting hit by fast food. (laughs) Right. That is another theme in the movie. And something that I found when I was doing my research is that it was actually the director every time throwing the food at Nick. Oh, really? Gore Verbinski was the one every time who got to throw the food at Nick. It happens like eight times in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's a montage at the end where he's like, the first time I got hit by food <laughs> was, it was this. this. And then the next time was this. It was and the KFC. next time was this. Yeah. And it was McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see. Let's keep going through the family here. We will. This movie doesn't really lend itself to going through scene by scene, I don't think. So the next up in the family, I guess, would be the son. And the son is like a teen. He's a teenage he's son. 15. He's 15. And I, f- I don't really recall His exactly. His name's Nicholas Holt. No, I know. but Oh. I know, oh, right. Yeah, so that's the Nicholas Holt. The actor is Nicholas Holt. Yeah, no, no. But I meant... <laughs> There's something going on that he has school counselors and stuff. Like, did he would formerly get in some trouble or something like that? And he had to stick to a program. I think so. I think so. So anyhow. I think he did. Was it a drug thing? It was a rehab, right? Was it rehab? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We watched it yesterday. (laughs) Sometimes we watch and then we immediately record. I also watched another movie yesterday where the guy was in rehab. So maybe I'm mixing the two up. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember either. But... So there's also this subplot story, I guess, where Nicholas Holt is runs into one of his counselors at the mall, and the counselor gets really buddy-buddy with him and starts inviting him over and is like, why don't I take some pictures of you with your shirt off? And like, it gets really pedophilic, rapey. really yes. rapey, really quickly. So there, that comes up again later. So we'll talk about that as the scene comes up later. And then finally in the family is his ex-wife, Noreen. And this is where we get the first great scream in a really in a, in a really awkward moment. So he goes and drops off one of his kids or something. And then he has a complicated conversation with his ex-wife, which again, ex-wife always coming in second. And so she's walking back up to the house and Nick Cage decides to lean down pick up a snowball oh my god <laughs> and he goes and he this is the first yell that he has he yells Green! and he wails her in the face with the snowball from like 
a good distance. Breaks her glasses. Breaks her glasses. And again, it was really funny. It was like, why did you do that? My glasses. Oh, I thought it was funny. I'm so sorry. Like, it was this really awkward scene. It was really singing. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was great. So we find out that, I think I mentioned because the beautiful house, what he does for his job is uh he's a weatherman a weatherman yes thank you i can't think of my words today but what i meant is what he gets for his salary oh it's very good two hundred forty thousand dollars a year in yeah in salary in, in chicago in chicago plus perks which is like i forget Brand deals right yeah yeah so he will dress up as abraham lincoln mm-hmm. and go talk about it, like open up the state or county fair or something like that and this was great because there's a quick clip of somebody watching Nick Cage on TV as the weatherman. And they go, I don't like his face. His asshole face. <laughs> Something about his face. It was a great line. It was great because we say similar things when we're watching his movies. Absolutely. So this is where he said uh, the job does come with some great perks because he's dressed as Lincoln opening up the state fair. And then there's this... He played a good Lincoln. Sure. Yeah, he could be Lincoln. <laughs> Him and Daniel Day-Lewis. They're like this, neck and neck. But he has sex with some woman who's dressed in like lederhosen because mm. of this state fair, this ambiguous state fair that has both German and <laughs> like Civil War era imagery. But I that, that's a contender for best dress. That's why I bring it up because yeah, he's dressed as Abraham you. Lincoln having sex with with this girl. Another great scene is where he takes his daughter to uh, ice skating. Again, trying mm. to bond with his daughter any way he can. So they go ice skating and they have to do like a three-legged race. And yeah, potato sack. Yeah. His On do- skates. Yeah, which I don't know. Very dangerous. Absolutely. And well, it's dangerous because her, his daughter breaks her leg. But he does have another scream here and it's just... His last name is Spritz or Spritzel, and he changed it because he's a weatherman, which, yeah. But it's not the best screen. We'll get to it. Yeah. But. Would you do that? What? Would you change your name to match your occupation if you already had, like, a part of it? If I were a... Mm, No, I don't think I would, actually. Because I was going to say, if I were like him, who didn't come from much and... And had only a communications degree from college, but he he came from wealth because yeah, his, his father's his successful. Yeah, so I don't think that I would. Mm. Would you? Would you change your name to... Never mind, I won't say where you work on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't know. Have you ever seen that like list of people's names that match their occupations, ironically? Mm. Like a mm-hmm. dentist name. Tooth? <laughs> yeah, or like smile. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Do you think less of those people? Is that what you're saying? A little. Wow, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. <laughs> uh, moving on, though, he does have a confrontation at, shortly after that ice skating scene with the guy who's dating his ex-wife. And he calls him a pork fuck porker as mm. well as a dildo. Mm-hmm. And dildos come up a lot. He's, also, He calls people dildo a lot. Yeah. Also, in this scene, Michael Caine pops out of the house. And he's like, Dad, what are you doing at my ex-wife's house? And he's like, well, I came to talk about your daughter because the kids, <laughs> yeah. at, sc- the kids at school call your daughter camel toe. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Caine is graphically explaining what camel toes are to Nicolas Cage as his face is just so expressive as Nicolas Cage is. <laughs> and it's a great scene. Quickly, that after, comes up a few times. It comes up a few times. This camel toes thing. <laughs> this like twelve year old girl. Yeah, I thought that was pretty weird. I thought, yeah, that was a little aggressive because it she's was gratuitous too. So young. They like zoom in on it. Oh God, yeah, I forgot that they did that. And then they also have a quick montage of like models with camel toes. And, yeah, like, it, it felt really out of place with the rest of the movie because it was. There are other montages in this movie, but they all include Nicolas Cage. Yes. So, it's weird. So, there is a very quick scene after this where he's on the phone with his ex-wife. And he's sitting in his car with his window down. And somebody throws a soda at him. And a he big sa- gulp. And he says the following. I, 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 I got hit with a pop. 
It's a great line. It's not a scream, pop. but I had to. I, I had to include it. I I, I got him with a pop. <laughs> so, in order to benefit the kids, he and his uh, ex-wife decide to do some kind of couples therapy. It might be couples therapy that's specifically for exes. Because it's in a group. Like I said, I don't believe that they are actually divorced yet. I think that they're just separated. Mm, Maybe they're in the process. I think they are. Yeah. But it's not really expanded on in in the movie. At least not that we could tell. Well, the main indication for me was they had a family portrait and the kids look the same age. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So but that could have just been it because just been they're lazy and they didn't want to cast different kids. Exactly. But well, not, and not even that. It's like then sometimes you have to like Photoshop young pictures of your kid actors yeah, or younger pictures and true. just put it all together, and it's just more, more difficult. Work. Yeah, exactly. They already had a high budget. <laughs> yeah, so there's a few sort of nouveau shamanic moments in the counseling scene. He does quickly throw one hand up almost like a hailing yeah <laughs> hailing mm-hmm. and when she goes like does anybody want to or no she says all right what i want you all to think of i want you all to think of a of a moment that you that upset your partner and he raises his hand quickly and, and he, he just starts talking he starts he's like i had this problem with watching too much porno <laughs> and she's like i want you to write it down and not share it with the other person <laughs> And he's like, ah, sorry. So they go to a diner afterwards, too. And there's a really awkward moment where he's trying to drink his coffee out of a mug with the spoon still in it. And it's like poking him in the face. <laughs> but I think it fits with the character because he's like this it's awkward also, guy. It's also a very real thing. Yeah, that happens like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess as a way to try to find himself, he then decides, and in, as a way to try to win back his daughter almost... He then decides to take archery lessons very seriously himself. So he goes and he does a whole bunch of archery. There's a montage about that. And there is a really nice close-up of him closing one eye, opening and closing one eye, which is fun. So he gets like pretty good at archery. And like yeah. I said, I think it's all about, all about that imagery of, you know, you've got to keep shooting and you've got to keep trying and you're not going to hit the bullseye every time. You might be two or three spaces away. And it's all about what life is like. You know, sometimes you're going to succeed, but, you know, you got to work. And sometimes you, you got to not do things. I don't know. I, don't know what what, I, I have no idea. I was just rambling. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> there is. I just saw, like, the life leave your eyes. Yeah. The li- as you were talking. I, like, whoa. I, I, I'm, I can feel my body. <laughs> just just uh, watching yourself. Just watching myself panicking my way through this movie. <laughs> I'm not doing movie. a great job of going through scene by scene. Well, I think you said earlier that it doesn't really it lend does, itself for that. Because so many scenes are so similar. I didn't really want to talk about it and be like, mm-hmm. and then there's so many scenes that are so quick. Like, for example, I wrote down like, he's quickly at the office. Then he's at archery by himself. Then there's a flashback scene. Then mm-hmm. there's this, then there's that. Yeah. And I just think that that gets a little old. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, with you. so the flashback scene there's a lot of shouting and a lot of yelling, but there's a really loud music in the background during it. So I don't think I'm going to include it, but it's him and his, it's a flashback to basically why him and his wife got a divorce and they're yelling about tartar sauce. It was just one of those things where it was like, Hey, when you're going to pick up the takeout, don't forget the tartar sauce. And, and he's like, okay, got it. Tartar sauce, tartar sauce, tartar sauce. And then fuck it's cold. Tartar sauce, people. tartar sauce. Fuck it's cold. Tartar sauce. And then it's like, oh, she's hot. Tartar sauce, tartar sauce. <laughs> <laughs> nice ass, tartar sauce. And then like, yeah, it's again, it's really funny. And, it is, yeah. And when he comes back, he forgot the tartar sauce. And, very yeah. relatable. Yes, very much so. So we then find out that after the feeler, he got the audition for the Hello America job, and he's going to go to New York to audition. It's just him and two other people. So while he's in New York, he figured, I'm going to bring my daughter to help bond, and I'm also going to bring my dad because there's better doctors there. So the three of them go to New York. And there's a lot of really nice Right, scenes. remember, the dad has lymphoma. Yes, remember. <laughs> What's a frosty? I have lymphoma. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of really nice scenes in New York, actually. It's that i yeah. loved yeah so it starts off again talking about camel toes and nick cage is just walking through central park with his daughter and he's like do kids ever bully you they call you names like stupid or camel toe, camel toe. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like yeah camel toe <laughs> they call me that and he's like he's like do you know why and she goes 
well, camel toes are tough. They have to walk all the way across the desert without shoes on. And he's so like, they're saying that I'm really tough. And he's like, oh, yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so what he then decides to do is take her shopping in New York in the fashion district. I guess, and only buy her skirts. And only buy her skirts. And there's a really cute <laughs> montage of her trying on clothes. And she's feeling more confident. And they're playing. It's adorable. He's like trying on the funny hats and stuff. And. You want to call it nouveau shamanic, but it, again, it's, no, it totally no. calls for it. Yeah. Like, it's that expressivity that only Nicolas Cage can provide. It's very wholesome. Absolutely. So while they're in the hospital for uh, the dad's doctor's appointments, mm-hmm. he does get a phone call from his ex-wife uh, who mentions that, one, the son got arrested for getting in fight with the pedophile, and two, that her new boyfriend, Russ, is there to help, and he just starts yelling on the phone. Russ is helping anyway. That dildo's what? It's been a big help, okay? You can stay there. Fine, I'll stay here with Camel Toe. You just take care of stuff there. You take care of it. Camel Toe? What are you talking about? I had to find out how kids taunt Shelly about that. You're letting her get taunted. You're not paying attention to the way she goes to school. I take care of everything around here. Well, I bought her new stuff. I bought her a bunch of brand new stuff, and she told me all kinds of stuff, well, don't so... Don't such a dick. You have her for one weekend. You know what, Noreen? Just fuck! <laughs> He's just yelling dildo <laughs> in the middle of this hospital. And Michael Caine is like... He's like, doing? he's like, why do you keep cursing? And Michael Caine doesn't really understand his son because he keeps catching him at all these bad times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, and Michael Caine also keeps a, another recurring thing that we forgot to mention, but I thought it was pretty funny. Like, he'll ask Nick to get him a coffee or get him a, <laughs> yeah. a newspaper or something. And Nick will go to do that and realize that he doesn't have like change or something and then he'll like ask for change at whatever fast food place and they're like no i can't give you change and he's like all right well i guess i'll buy something and then he doesn't have enough change so then he comes back with like a a drink when michael Caine asked for a a newspaper and he like couldn't give that to him because he bought the coffee instead yeah and he and and he's like well why don't why don't you have the newspaper he's like i didn't have enough money he's like you got to carry more money on you but the reason he doesn't have any more any money is because he's giving it all to his daughter right and he's saying the same thing to his daughter he's like you got to carry more money on you like all right here's a 20 and then he's only got a dollar left and then she comes back and fires it back at him she's like you really got to carry more money with you (laughs) so there's a lot of really good interactions there for sure so after the interview, which went very well, mm-hmm. they come back from New York and Nick... Have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? Sorry to... Oh, no, that's all right. On. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. I feel like that trying on in the dressing room scene kind of reminded me of that movie sure. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in it, it's a pretty similar vibe. I mean, except that Abigail Breslin was significantly younger, but mm-hmm. it's that whole... You know, not the stereotypically attractive young woman, right. I guess, or, or uh, that is trying to do something outside of her comfort zone. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of similarities there. So they go back to the house after New York and Nicolas Cage immediately sees that Russ is there, the new boyfriend, and he screams at him a few times. Why are you here? What are you doing? Why are you here? I'm helping Noreen. Why are you helping? But then... <laughs> And it's in the script, but Nick Cage removes his leather gloves and slaps this guy across the face with the gloves. And there's a great voiceover afterwards where he's like, if you don't want your father to think you're a silly little man, don't slap your ex-wife's boyfriend with gloves across the face. That was great. It was a really funny moment. So Yeah, I thought he was going to punch him and then he just slapped him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Michael Caine, his character, Nick Cage's father, he keeps getting bad news by all these doctors and he's essentially got three to four months to live. What they decide to do is they'll have a living funeral so that he's still there, can still be appreciated by his loved ones. Would you want that? Uh, You know what? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Can say goodbye to everybody. That's really morbid. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Because sometimes it's always like, I never got to say goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) We're getting deep on this podcast. (laughs) Would you change your name for your profession? I don't know. Would you have a A living living funeral? funeral? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. 
We ask the hard-hitting questions. So anyhow. Ask me in, whatever, 30 years, 40 years. Fair enough. (laughs) So anyhow, before... We'll still be doing this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, right. Before he goes to a living funeral, he decides to go practice his archery real quick. So he's wearing a suit with a bow and arrow, like, across his shoulder. And I think some Marvel superhero. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so as he's doing that, let me see if I can pull up the scene. As he's putting his stuff away in his car is when somebody comes up. He's like, hey, how's, what's the weather going to be like? And he freaks out at him. And then while he's freaking <laughs> out at that. I probably pull it up on here. Oh, that would be great. And while he's freaking out at that guy, somebody throws... A hot McDonald's apple pie at it. <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up? Hey, what's the nipper? What's that? What's the nipper this week? I don't know. You don't know yet? Come on, man. What? I just asked you about the nipper. Monday. Okay, that's the. Okay. What's your problem? It's February, man. It's cold. <laughs> oh, fuck. Fuck you, man. Fuck you! Do you know what variance is? You think you can pick out a, a day, a week ahead and give a realistic, you know? Did you know that? Another man! Ah, fuck! <laughs> I have kids! I have to go see my kids! You put fucking pie shit on my coat! I have to see my kids with pie on me, man! Go see your kids with shit on you! Calm down, man! I have to see my family! (laughs) That's a great scene. I have to see my family! Pie shit, my jacket. So yeah, there's that scene, which is incredible. <laughs> they then go to the living funeral, and the power goes out while he's giving the speech about his dad. <laughs> and his entire speech at his father's living funeral was, when I think of my dad, I think of the song by Bob Seger, Like a Rock. And boom, power goes out. And that's all he said, because by the time the power came back on, people forgot. So Aww. after this, I don't exactly remember what the motivation is here, but Nick Cage decides that... I. I don't know if he decides that he believes his son about why they got why he got in the fight with that guy. The guy the says the the guy says, "Oh, he was grabbing for my wallet," but the son says he was trying to make a move on me. So Nick Cage drives to a parking lot first and does a whole bunch of punching in the air like shadow boxing just like going to town. Then he goes to the pedophile's place and he beats the piss out of this guy. It's <laughs> really violent and kind of like a fun scene because like scary there's this whole movie of nick cage just being this guy who's always coming in second or third or just always down on his luck and nothing's going right and he finally gets this win even though he has to beat the crap out of this dude to do it but and it's hardly you can hardly call it a win because of what this guy tried to do to his son Mm -hmm. so it's a really (laughs) it's weird to say but it's kind of a fun scene yeah and then after that was when he goes to uh, the mall, I guess, at a, at a food court with, his, oh, with son. his son. And that's where he has an inner monologue of like, I'm like fast food because I'm second best. I'm not what people really want. I'm what people deal with, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then he recaps the eight, seven or eight times he's gotten hit by food. And it's great. Like It's just him getting hit in the face with chicken nuggets and tacos and shit. So is the director every time? Is the director. That's fantastic. And that, the apple, hot apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> so then he gets picked up by his father, Michael Caine. And this is a really touching scene. And the whole scene, I was, just, I was internally begging Michael Caine to say that he was proud of his son. I know. But he didn't say those words specifically, but he kind of hinted that mm-hmm. way. And I wrote down... Is this when he picks him up in the car? Yes. And I and so Michael Caine plays like a rock. And it's, you know... He's like, why? Why this, why this song? song? <laughs> and Nick's like, well, because there's a line about how you you always stand your ground or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, some, listen to the song. You know, you know. It reminded us of... In National Treasure, when he says <laughs> the pen, it was it was iron, it was it was firm, it was it was resolved. No, no, no. It was resolved. It was resolved. It was 
it was resolved. And it's like, dude, you're a historian. What other thing was penned by a dude named Matt like that 55 people signed? Yeah. That was actually 56 people that signed it. You don't need to go through a list of synonyms. Yeah. Just to talk about the history. But why an iron pen? Why not was, just a pen? Resolved. Fucking guess. <laughs> Google it. Anyway. Yeah, they not, not Yahoo. They yeah. Had Google. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I wrote down a quote. It, I, I guess it's a scream, but Nick Cage says, But I don't predict it. Nobody does, because it's, it's just wind. It's wind. It blows all over the place. What the fuck? I don't remember that. Yeah, it was a scream. Yeah. Because someone asked if it was windy or something. No, this was in the scene where he was with his dad, Michael oh. Caine, in the car. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the movie essentially ends there because after that, he then... He gets uh, the job. Well, yeah, I was going to say that in a second. <laughs> but yeah, he has a real funeral for his father. And it's raining, which is kind of, what do they Typical. call it? Pathetic fallacy, I think is the name of it, where it's raining when the characters are sad. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, yeah. It's cliche. Yeah, as you mentioned, he then gets the job and he's starting to feel more confident in himself. And part of the, he said, people don't throw things at me anymore, but I think that's because I carry a bow and arrow around with me <laughs> through the streets of New York. <laughs> And it was that's so cool. normal in New York. Just right? to see a guy with a suit and a bow and arrow, you'd be like, all right. Yeah. So that's the movie. Uh, like I said, we quite liked this movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think a few things to note. I love the, the themes, as I mentioned, uh, in showing this movie about somebody who always comes uh, comes up second, second best. I actually also like the music a lot in this movie. I thought that there were a lot of scenes that had underlying beats and tones that added tension and levity and it added a lot to the movie i thought the director played guitar oh there you go and uh the voiceover wasn't bad as we mentioned and it was actually kind of funny and pretty cagey yes solid movie all around really enjoyable anything else 59 percent rotten tomatoes right excuse me it's insulting are we crazy yes oh god you're right Uh, any other thing to add about the movie before we get into the Nick Cage Awards? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Best Supporting Actor? Um, n- not Michael Caine. The daughter? Because of, of that accent. Right. There was a dog. Sometimes you give it to a dog. Could be the apple pie. Could be the fast food. Mm. The food thrown at, at Nick Cage. We could say the best supporting actor was the director throwing food throwing at Nick Cage. Throwing food at Nick Cage. <laughs> okay. I like that. Right. That's great. Because I wish that I could be that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. You've got a decision. Best dressed. Is it suit with bow and arrow or is it Abraham Lincoln? Abraham Lincoln. I like suit with bow and arrow. Yeah. You it's like unexpected. That? Yeah. All right. You like that more than the Lincoln look? Lincoln look was for a hot minute. That's true. It wasn't very long. He did have sex while dressed as Lincoln. It's true. <laughs> he may have also had sex with his cobras. Oh my god! I'm sure they were just like tucked away during that scene just to give him inspiration. Ew. <laughs> Apparently, he used them for inspiration in Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. So we'll, we'll get to, we'll not get the to first that. one. Why not no, the first one? I don't know. It's the same character. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Know. Worst Nick Cage scene. Like I said, I didn't really go through scene by scene. So is there anything that stands out as like the worst scene? No. I Maybe one of the throwaway scenes. Sure. There were a few scenes where he's just like walking around or sitting around at the office for the, the, the news station. Yeah. One of those? One of those. All right. Fair enough. Uh, best Nick Cage scene. There's a few. I mean, there's yeah. the scream that we, the lengthy scream scene that we played earlier. Yeah, yeah. There's the montage of him trying on funny hats with his daughter. There's there. the montage of him, him getting hit by things. Oh, that's good. I think we should give it to that. Okay. I like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, best Nick Cage scream. I, I think it's got to be, I have to see my, see my kids fam- or my I have family. to see my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty solid. And most nouveau shamanic moment. Do we think it's, I, 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 I got hit by a pop. I got hit, by, I got hit with a pop. <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> that's him really taking a direction. I, 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 I hit by a pop. 
<laughs> Fantastic. That's gonna do it. Very quick Nick Cage awards this this week. It was easy. Yeah, we're we're getting hardest to... one was the costume. Yeah. We're getting to almost an hour here time wise. So Oh are we? Now we need to rank this motherfucker. Where are we putting Pretty it? Pretty high. Yeah, so like we said, I think it's on pace with adaptation, which mm-hmm. is number six. So what's, where do you think what's seven? The family man. Ooh, it's another good one. What will knock like what's ten? What will get knocked out of the top ten? Raising Arizona. Ooh. But in between Raising Arizona and Family Man goes number eight is Racing with the Moon, and number nine is Best of Times. All right, we gotta get those out of the top ten. <laughs> okay, so better or worse than the Family Man? I think better. Better than the I Family Man. I think more cagey than the Family Man. That's true. He was really he was much more cagey in this. Yeah. Very expressive, like mm-hmm, I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, adaptation. No, b- below adaptation. Below adaptation. So this is going to go in the number seven spot. I think that's fair. Wow. Good movie. I, yes. Yeah. What, are we dumb? I don't know. <laughs> I think... Did we not get it? Honestly, of all of the movies we've seen so far, I think Adaptation, The Family Raising Man, Arizona. and this are probably the only ones I would watch again. Oh, yeah. I don't think I would watch Raising Arizona Arizona again. again. It's just like, I've seen it. It's fine. Hmm. Um, It's good. It was was a good watch. That's interesting. The three movies have a very similar vibe. So that's like your type of movie? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I just don't see that. I know you so well, and I wouldn't peg you for that. Well, I typically... You wouldn't watch National Treasure again? Uh, Well, I guess I would. (laughs) But that's like you have to. That's like your civil duty, yeah. civic duty. You wouldn't as a watch US like Face Off again or Con no. Air. No. What? I'd watch Face Off again. Oh man. <laughs> no, he's not even. He's John Travolta for half that movie. Oh man, but like the beginning when he's dressed as a priest. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch that scene, but then that's it. He swings his head around and does that hallelujah. Amazing. All right. I'd watch Deadfall again. Deadfall. Yeah, that's one of those so bad it's good. It's Mm -hmm. incredible in that regard. All right. That's going to do it. What's next week? The Ant Bully. Fuck. Another animated picture. (laughs) I was going to say it's the first, but I I completely (laughs) blocked the Christmas Carol movie out of my memory. Yes. So the ant bully, we were tagged in a Instagram story a few months back. Somebody posted a clip of the ant bully because he does a little bit of his never on Tuesday voice. There's a quick scene where he does that. Can I give somebody a lift? So somebody tagged us in that because they knew how much we love never on Tuesday. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, he doesn't even have like a main. No, he's like one of the supporting characters. His character's name is Zock. Zock. Great. Fuck. I want no part of this. And this was like around the same time as A Bug's Life and Ants. And somebody was like, let's make another ant movie. And just why? Why did they make three ant movies in a Are row? Are you fucking ki- Sorry. What? It has better Rotten Tomatoes score than Weatherman. We haven't seen it yet, Hannah. It could be incredible. I don't think it's going to be. I doubt it, but, you know, here we are. The kid looks like a cheap Jimmy Neutron. (laughs) Am I wrong? No. He's got very different hair. Yeah, but his forehead. Oh, yeah, yeah, the face shape. Just a rip-off Jimmy Neutron. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Now you know why the Nick Cage birds. Oh, quickly ended. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Bye. Now, freak out.